Well, we are continuing in our uh, message series. In fact, we're going to find, find wrap up our message series today. We've been calling this the heart of Jesus. And uh, today we want to call this the hope. So we've just been camping out, spending lots of time in Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30 at uh, kind of the end of a rather challenging year. It seemed appropriate to just rest in God's word in this way, in this time. Uh, we began this uh, series with this invitation that Jesus makes. Jesus says, come to me, and this qualified, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And then he moves on and he makes this promise. I will give you rest. So it's an invitation and then it's a promise. And then he extends um, a, a challenge to us. He says, take my yoke on you and let me teach you. Take my yoke on you and let me teach you. And then last week, we, we discovered the secret, why any of this is even possible. He says, for uh, I am gentle and humble at heart. It's the heart of Jesus that makes all of this possible. And today, we want to wrap it up with the hope that we find in Jesus. And the hope is this, that that yoke that he invites us to is a well-fitted, suitable yoke for us. So once again, I'm going to read Matthew 11:28 to 30. You can follow along with me in your Bible, or maybe you've got it memorized by this point. We've read it enough times, but uh, follow with me. Matthew 11:28 and on says, Come to me, Jesus speaking, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. It's a great word from from Jesus. It's been interesting to me anytime I've had the privilege of leading someone to Jesus, uh, I'll always ask this question. Hey, did you as you prayed, as you gave your heart to Jesus, did you feel anything? Did you have any sense of, of any physical sensation? And very often, in fact, most of the time, they'll say something like, yeah, I feel like a weight went off my shoulders. I felt like, felt like I dropped a big backpack. It, it just really, I feel lighter. Those kind, that kind of language. And what's happening is that Jesus is taking that burden of guilt, of shame, of sin, all those things, and he's replacing it with his good burden. Uh, through the, through the process of faith, trusting in Jesus for salvation. It really is a remarkable thing to see it over and over again. Now, I want to talk a little bit about burdens. In real life, we carry burdens all the time of various kinds, right? We we put ourselves under any number of yokes in in, in a variety of ways. And so I'm defining a yoke in, in this way. A yoke is a belief or behavior that shapes my uh, decisions, desires, and direction. So a yoke is a belief or behavior that shapes my decisions, desires, and direction. They can be good, they can be bad, they can be neutral. For example, I'm under the yoke of marriage. That's a yoke that I've chosen to take on. In, in this case, I'm yoked to Becky. Uh, it's a good yoke. I'm happy about it. At least that's what she tells me. And um, marriage is meant to be a positive yoke. It hasn't always been. For some, it's been it's been hard. It's been difficult. And uh, sometimes it ends uh, in a painful way, in a heart's break when that happens. But the intent has been, God's design for that, is that it's a good yoke. You know, I could, on a kind of negative way, I could easily be under a yoke, for example, let's say, of, of 
kind of trying to please everybody, being a people pleaser, trying to keep up appearances. That's, that's not a good yoke. Your yoke might be a, a compulsive habit or a, or an addiction. It could be, it could be debt. Those are all kind of negative yokes. It could be something neutral like, like your employment or, 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 you know, just your household commitments. Hopefully it's a, a there, you know, a, you're under, under that beautiful yoke of a relationship with Jesus. A commitment to a, a God-given purpose for your life, a God-given uh, a direction for your life, a, a meaning for your for your life. So each yoke that we take on becomes part of our identity. It's the part of who we are and 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 you know how we direct our lives. And I think we take on these multiple yokes, and and that's to be expected. It's okay. A yoke, for example, of parenting, but also a yoke of of, of your employer. Um, Maybe the doctor says, get in shape or you're going to die. Well, that's the yoke of fitness, of, of changing your, your life pattern. So any number of yokes. Jesus is inviting us to take on his yoke as the primary, kind of the first place yoke of your life. And to learn of him, to learn from him, he says, so that we hit those three D's that I mentioned. Uh, decisions, desires, and direction. That's led by by him and and then in the process receiving the soul rest that we so desperately need. Now, there's a non-biblical tradition that says that Jesus the carpenter was a yoke maker. Uh we know that Jesus was a carpenter. Matthew chapter 13, you read a couple of chapters on. He's in his hometown of Nazareth and he's trying to do his ministry stuff and people aren't responding very well. They don't trust him. They don't believe him. They're like this guy, he's he's just the carpenter and and the son of Mary, and we know his family members. He can't possibly be the Messiah. There's that, you know, he's the carpenter's son. Or in Mark chapter six, it actually says he's the carpenter. He can't possibly be the Messiah. I mean, I just love that picture of Jesus knew calluses. Jesus knew how to, you know, cut a cut a, you know, a, a mortise joint. Jesus knew how to how to run a planer over a piece of wood to make it perfect. Maybe Jesus knew how to shape a perfect yoke on an oxen. It's fun to think about him, but, but the idea at that time is that the yokes were custom made. The yoke maker would go to the animal, create a template, put it on there, and then carve it out so it would perfectly fit that animal. It was not a one size fits all. So that makes the yoke easy or well fitting or, uh, you know, the burden light in that regard. So I think it's kind of fun to think about Jesus as a yoke maker. Be careful about non-biblical traditions. You don't build a doctrine on them, but they're fun to think about and, and consider and kind of visualize. However this plays out, Jesus is inviting us to himself, all of us. Remember, it's the weary and burdened ones that Jesus calls to experience his rest. And from from there, from that place of rest, we take on the yoke. And, and he's teaching, and again, with the promise of soul rest, Jesus says. What I want you to catch here is that the calling to serve under the yoke of Christ comes out of the promised rest, right? So your labor for Christ is never meant to be the means to a relationship with him or for some kind of approval by him. It's this, service for Christ is a product of his promised rest. This is really important. The service for Christ is a product of his promised rest. First we rest and then uh, we receive the yoke. 
And I, I, I don't know if I could emphasize this enough because it, remember, it begins with the invitation. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, right? He doesn't begin with come to me, prove your worth, show me what you got, do what you can do for me. Let me see, let me see your best efforts. And then let's see if I can find a yoke that's going to fit you. He doesn't do that. He says, come to me, find rest in me. Then I'll give you a yoke. It's, it's beautiful. The rest that Jesus, you, you got, we have to catch this. The rest that Jesus offers is not a reward for your efforts. The rest that Jesus offers is not a reward. We typically think of, oh, I can hardly wait for the weekend, right? Remember, we were, we're thinking, oh, I can hardly wait for a Christmas break. I can hardly wait for whatever. That's the rest that we come out of our working. But Jesus says, I want you to experience rest and out of that work. That's why I love that Sunday is the first day of the week. You start your week together in God's word with God's people. And out of that, you do your labor for the week. That's the kind of the intent, the design. And so it's it's an invitation into this relationship with him. So it, one more time, in Jesus, we work from rest, not for rest. Okay, I really think that's crucial to catch that. First rest and then the yoke. So again, it's kind of this posture piece that we've talked about recently, this kind of submitting, humbling ourselves to Jesus. And uh, let me give you an example. Let's say you're you're establishing the, the practice and the habit and the pattern of, of reading your Bible, spending time with Jesus. You want to get to know him in his word. And, and that's great. Two scenarios out of that. If you see yourself, you know, in God's word, Jesus standing over your shoulder with a switch ready to smack you on the head if you fall asleep or you get distracted like happens to me sometimes uh, right um, if you see jesus as sort of a taskmaster driving you forward um, you know it's going to be a joyless habit it's going to be an unsatisfying practice and you're really going to get nothing out of it in fact you're going to develop resentment toward that if on the other hand you you hear it as an invitation um, there was a devotional book that, that came out a number of years um, written by a uh, Sarah Young, some of you know another Sarah Young, but this was a different Sarah Young. The book was called Jesus Calling and it was the sort of invitation to spend time with Jesus. I love that title and kind of that sense of that book. So if we sense that respond like Jesus saying, come sit with me, let me reveal myself to you. Let me reveal my word to you. Take my yoke on and let me teach you. That's a very different perspective. It becomes restful rather than a taskmaster kind of perspective. So from the outside, Right? It looks completely the same. It looks identical. Right? Your kids, your grandkids, they might see you there with your Bible open and see you reading, see you, you know, maybe journaling or whatever. But you know your heart. And our response changes dramatically when we have the right posture to Jesus, responding to an invitation rather than cowering under his, you know, his kind of, uh, you know, aggressive driving us forward. He invites you. He doesn't demand from you or harass you. Beginning of, of the year is often a great time to, to think about a new habit or a new kind of practice. If you've never really developed a good devotional habit, um, a kind of a daily practice, I would encourage you. There's a tool we recommend here. We call it the R&R Journal. It just stands for Read and Respond or Read and Reflect um, or Read and Rest, however you want to do that. But it's just a simple um, guide. There's two options of of reading plans. You read the reading plan for the day. It might, depending which plan you use, it's either a chapter or two a day or three or four chapters a day. Um, you can potentially get through the whole Bible in a year. And as you do that, I encourage you just to 
jot down a verse that kind of comes off the page at you, jot that verse down, write your response to it. What's the Lord speaking to you? What's he saying to you? Kind of respond to him in a prayer. You develop a habit of being with Jesus so that he can speak to you. And over time, you begin, the word becomes to kind of take residence in your heart as you do that. So these are available at our Connection Center. We make them available for a $5 donation if you're able. And um, make 2021 a year of a fresh start with something like that. But again, as an invitation, not as a demand from Jesus. All right, what can we say about the burden and, and the yoke of Jesus? It's an offer of hope. I really believe this. Because rather than committing to something that kind of drowns you in duty and responsibility and obligation, you're invited into this life-giving relationship with him, right? So the yoke, Jesus says, it's easy to bear. It fits well. It, Jesus knows how you're wired. He knows your personality. He knows your giftings. He knows your interests. He's going to lead you into service and in ministries that, that are well-suited to who you are as a person. And the burden is light. It's not overwhelming. It's not oppressive. The burden of Jesus, think about this. What's the burden of Jesus? Jesus says, love God, love people, make Jesus known. That's it. That's the burden of Jesus. Love God, love people, make Jesus known. And so when you realize, oh, okay, it's not, it's not an overwhelming, oppressive burden that adds joy to it. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you three warnings about the yoke. Three warnings about the yoke. Um, to help us take it on rather, with joy, rather than like as duty or obligation, right? Or even kind of dread, like, oh, here we go, right? So three warnings. First is this. Don't take the yoke made for someone else. Don't take the yoke that's been made for someone else. Remember I said that the yoke was custom-made, custom-fit to each animal. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And so um, we want to be really careful about this. Let me give an example from from church ministry, church leadership. Um, you know, there's often a pressure to look around and see other churches, what other churches are doing. Oh, we need to do that. Or, you know, I'll listen to like an Andy Stanley or maybe Charles Stanley or David Jeremiah, some of these great, you know, radio preachers, television preachers, online preachers, whatever. I'm like, oh, I got to be more like that. Or, you know, you look, whoever it is, whoever your kind of favorite, you know, I need to be like that in... And you really need to be careful that you don't copy that someone else. We could say as a church, well, we need to do this cool thing over there. Maybe it may or may not be for us, but we need to be sure that we're taking on the yoke that was created for us, not for someone else. Try not to, you know, try to resist this kind of comparison to other people who are wired differently, right? You might feel bad that you're not as outgoing as your really outgoing friend. You know what? There's probably only room for one of those friends in your, in your world. Let them be them and you be you. Maybe you're, maybe you feel like, man, if I could just be more eloquent, like, like, like that podcast that I listen to. Listen, you're uniquely wired the way you are. Be, you be you. Maybe it's, um, you know, somebody who's just artistic and creative who can, you know, just create beautiful things like this behind me. Just like, man, if I just had, you know, that kind of ability and talent. Listen, you've got unique talents and abilities. Don't put those comparisons on yourself. They don't help you. And here's the real danger in this. If you're trying to take on someone else's yoke, you're actually going to miss the, the yoke that Jesus created for you. 
So you are who you are. God's wired you in a certain way. Now, that doesn't mean to say we don't improve, that we don't try new things, that we don't try to learn new talents, get new skills, all of that. Of course we do all that. But don't say, I need to be like so-and-so. Wait, what's the yoke that Jesus has crafted to fit you? Be good, be good with that. Be excited about that. You've got something to bring that's unique. One other way that Another example of how we might take on someone's yoke, and this kind of goes in a little bit of a negative direction, is that, that sometimes we get offended on someone else's behalf. I'll get this sometimes, you know, uh, someone will say to me, oh, um, you know, someone, you know, said that they weren't happy about this, or they want to complain or give you a suggestion about that. And it's not really that helpful because they say, well, that, that person should tell me themselves. <laughs> that would be more helpful. When you take on someone else's offense, something really crazy happens. If you're kind of worked up about something, you think that person, you should be more upset about that. And I'm going to do something for you on this. And that kind of worked up. Listen, the wrong yoke on your neck becomes a chip on your shoulder. The wrong yoke on your neck becomes a chip on your shoulder where you just have an attitude and it's not healthy and it's not helping that person and it's not helping you and it's not helping the situation. So be really careful. Be a positive advocate. If someone needs help, you help them, you bring them along and, and do that. But don't take on someone else's yoke under any circumstances. So that's, that's the first warning. The second warning is this. Don't make the burden that Jesus has any heavier than he does. Don't make the burden any heavier than Jesus does. So we can sometimes, you know, make sacrifices that burn us out. We, we push too hard. We do too much. We pile it on, right? And then we get kind of resentful about that. Oh, I can't believe I committed to that. I'm, you know, why am I doing all this stuff? Well, because you committed to it, right? And then that resentment builds up. Or maybe you find that you're running around and taking care of the tasks uh, of each other. We talked a little bit about this in our office recently that, that listen, uh, if someone has adopted a task, uh, that doesn't mean to say, obviously we, we help where we can be helpful, but, but you don't let someone else's monkey jump on, jump on your back. Like you do the tasks that you're assigned and, and let others do theirs because what happens, you end up making your burden heavier than it ought to be. And, and taking on someone else's responsibility, again, I'm not talking about Shouldering the load, being assist, being helpful to others, but taking on someone else's burden, you may actually be keeping them from fulfilling the destiny that God has for them and burning yourself out in the process. And anytime you create, anytime there's burnout, you create resentment. I speak from experience. Uh, you know, we were part of a, a ministry that was very exciting and, and, and had really, you know, blossomed and grown and, and uh, we're just working all the time, just piling it on, piling on, doing more, doing more. And uh, really kind of, I really experienced a burnout that took maybe a dozen years to recover from. And, and in, the, in the process, in fact, just a few years, I mean, I was looking back and realized in that time, there were a lot of things that I missed. Uh, you, you know, times when I wasn't present as a dad or a husband that I should have been or could have been. And, and I was just sort of, thinking back to the the things that were lost and the cost of those times and those decisions. And I was kind of complaining to Jesus. And I've probably shared this with you before. But I was kind of complaining and just, Lord, I, you know, I did this and I did this. And, you know, by inference, like, God, you owe me now. <laughs> you know, where's the payback? And I just really sensed the Lord saying, yeah, but you made sacrifices I didn't ask you to make. 
I'm just saying, be careful that you're not making the burden heavier than it ought to be. That you have decent boundaries. That you're not making sacrifices the Lord doesn't ask you to make. Uh, There's always seasons, right? There's always times where we push hard. I get that. This applies in ministry. This applies in, in your workplace, in your home. Have decent boundaries. Know what your capacity is and be ready to say, you know, I can do this much, but I can't do there. Uh, don't don't place on yourself obligations that aren't from the Lord because you're going to burn yourself out and lead to kind of resentment and misery. So don't make the burden heavier than Jesus does. The third warning is this. Don't put your yoke or burden on someone else. Don't put your yoke or burden on someone else. Don't say, well, I do this. You ought to do this too. Uh, Jesus commanded us to make disciples, right? That's part of his yoke and burden, leading people to Jesus, baptizing them and teaching them. That's what Jesus said we ought to do. Essentially, the task of every believer, including you and me, is to help others find and follow Jesus. That's what we're about. That's that's why we're doing Journey to Bethlehem. That's why we do youth group on Wednesday nights. As we do all these different things, our, we're all about helping people find and follow Jesus and learn to take on, we're teaching them to take on Jesus' custom fit yoke for them. That's that's what we're about. Now, obviously, we want to spur each other on to good works. We want to, you know, you know, pitch in. We want to help people reach greater levels of commitment and intimacy with Christ, all those things. I want people, I want you to discover your, your spiritual gifts and, and you know, find and adopt and, and put into practice good spiritual habits, all that, those things. I want you to kind of feel like you can flourish in, in ministry and in, whether it's at work or, or here and anywhere else. All that's good. But sometimes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes we unintentionally put our own yoke on, on others. So let me give an example. Um, we just, we're blessed with a great kids ministry here at Bethany Church. Pastor Annette just does an outstanding job. And she's got a number of really capable servants. And we, obviously, we could always use more, especially in non-COVID times. There's always a spot for you. We would love to have you serve and bring the love of Jesus into our children's spaces. That's awesome. No, no doubt about it. But, if the Lord has called you, this is just an example, if the Lord's called you to serve in children's ministry, be careful that as you invite others to serve with you, which is a good practice, right? Be careful that you don't expect them to have the same identical call to it as yours. It could look very different or it might be in a completely different area. I could say the same thing about serving in the kitchen ministry or working at the front door as a welcome person or or standing behind a camera or or sitting behind a computer or being on the platform, whatever place. Don't put your burden, your calling, and expect others to, to be at exactly that same place. Um, let the wide variety of gifts and callings uh, flourish in the body of Christ because we're all different. It's sometimes a temptation to say, well, why doesn't that person do more of this? And why doesn't she do more of that? Listen, you let the Lord deal with them, invite them. And as the Lord calls them, they'll they'll respond. So I want to be really, really careful about that. This applies in our lifestyle too. a lifestyle example. Let me give you this. A lifestyle example might be this. The Lord may have compelled you to abstain from wine or from alcohol. You just say, like, I really feel strongly about it. I just think that's that, you know, as a believer, I just can't in good conscience participate in that. That's great. That's fine. I, I'm happy that you've come to that conclusion and, you, and you're holding to your conscience on that. 
However, don't cop an attitude toward those who haven't take a, taken a teetotaler stance. Have a, have a sense of graciousness to them. In these non-essentials of faith, leave lots of room for grace. And, and understand, and vice versa. If you're comfortable having wine with dinner, I don't want you to like looking down on those who don't. We want to have lots of grace and compassion toward one another and do these things in a biblical fashion. And we can talk about that more some other time. It's just an example to say, be joyful, be a positive believer. Take the yoke that Jesus has for you. Don't put your yoke on someone else. Look for ways to build up rather than, you know, um, criticizing. And even when you disagree on things. So, rather than putting your yoke and burden others, yoke or your burden on others, try to teach people to take on Jesus' yoke for themselves. That's the key here. Because He has the best promise ever. His yoke is easy to bear and His burden is light. When you are serving in a, in a place that's, when you're, when that yoke is fitting well, there's joy in it. You can work hard. You can work long hours. You can really pour yourself into it because the yoke fits well. And if you find you're in a place where the yoke is chafing, where it's not fitting right, pay attention to that. You might be, you might be, um, re- resisting it, rebelling it against it. You might be taking on someone else's yoke. Uh, you might be, you know, holding back. Pay attention to that when it's not right. But when it's well fitted, you find amazing joy and, uh, you'll be surprised at what you can accomplish for the Lord. I invite Christine and worship team to, to come back. You guys have a couple more uh, songs for us. But friends, I want to leave us with this as we kind of wrap up this, this series, these five weeks. And whether you've been here or in, in online, you can always go back and, and pick up any of the services you missed. But I want, I want you to catch this. It's about the heart of Jesus. Jesus' heart is humble and it's gentle. That's what makes Jesus worth responding to. That's what qualifies him to extend the invitation. That's what enables him to give you rest. All, all those things. It's, it's not his, about his style and it's not about his personality. It's about the very character of Jesus at a heart level. He's humble and gentle. A person who's humble and gentle is always approachable. That's why Jesus can say, come to me. He doesn't say, hey, I'm coming over. I'm barging in. He says, come to me because he's approachable. He's humble and gentle in heart. He, he, he's, he's such a gracious host. As you come, he says, I've got a place for you to rest. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to equip you to, to serve me in a way that's going to be well-fitting and well-suited to who you are. That's the nature of Jesus. And I, I just want you to kind of dwell on that and ponder on that. He's inviting you into that. And, you know, as you just kind of reflect at some point this week, you're probably going to sit with a cup of hot cider or a cup of coffee or whatever it is. You're just going to have a moment, I think, thinking back to the last 360 days and say, wow, this did not go as planned. And the invitation is come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Let me teach you. And I'll give you rest for your souls. For my 
yoke is easy to bear. My burden I give you is light. I just encourage you in this season, in fact, just in this moment, just to start thinking back, what burdens and yokes have you wrongfully taken on? And what would it mean to just adjust yourself, fix your posture to come back under the yoke of Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to be under your yoke. I want that to be the primary, primary uh, place of direction and decision making and desires in my life. And it just might be a moment, even as we sing, say, Jesus, I'm, I'm resubmitting to your yoke and I'm re-entering your rest. So out of your rest, I can serve you, whether it's in a classroom, whether it's at home, whether whether it's in a workplace that, that it's on the road or whether you're in retirement, just to say, Jesus, I want that's where I want to be. But it just, it, you know, it's, it's, it's your own words, your own commitment to say, Jesus, I'm responding to your invitation. I'm receiving your yoke. I'm following you. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we want that to be our posture in a fresh way. Lord, as we conclude this year, we bring our burdens, we bring our weariness to you. And we exchange it for your rest and for your yoke and your burden. So that we're people who are well equipped to serve you, to live our lives out for you in a way that matters, in a way that's a blessing, in a way that brings joy. Lord, even on those hard times when we're in a dark valley, when we're crying, when we're discouraged, that we would know even there you're present. Lord, when we have those awesome days, that that job promotion, that raise, that new relationship, whatever it is, you're still the focus that we don't take our eyes off you when things are good. So that in all things we live under your yoke and trust that you know exactly how to direct us. That you know exactly how to lead us. Because of your goodness. We just praise you and we we just thank you for the season and the reminder of the season. That you, Jesus, humbled yourself to take on flesh and be present with us. We love you. We love you. Just want you to just just enjoy the presence of Jesus. Just welcome him right now. There may be some things that you've been afraid to just confess and make right with Jesus. Just bring that to him. Something you've forgotten to thank him for. Just bring that. Maybe you haven't talked to him in a long, long time. His line is wide open. There's a simple, beautiful little prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Part of taking on the yoke is learning to communicate with them. And there's a moment where the disciples said, Jesus, would you would you teach us how to pray? He said, yeah, you can pray in this manner. Maybe not these exact words every time, but in this manner, Jesus said, you could pray. I'm going to invite you just to say the Lord's Prayer with me before we go into our closing songs. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.